everybody. This is Steel Roses Podcast. This podcast is created for women by women. This is Jenny. I'm coming to you solo today. Um, we're trying, uh, well, not trying, we're doing something a little different for this week's episode and next week's episode. We've gotten a couple of requests for like just, you know, general information about us. Like, what are we about? What, you know, they, people don't know that much about us. So um, we've been talking about doing these little bio episodes so that we can just connect with you guys a little bit more um, on a personal level. Um, there's things that I, I always think about sharing and sometimes we don't get to it in episodes and just like kind of like little pivotal moments in my life that contributed to the person that I was and then also the person that I am. And I think it's important to just be open and talk about these things because I think we all have these. And I think we all have these little things where maybe we didn't realize it in the moment and, and maybe we don't even realize it now. But if you look back, you can almost pinpoint certain things that happened that really impacted like the way that you are as a person. Um, so let me take you on this little journey with me <laughs> quickly. Um, I have, um, you can ask my parents, I have pretty much always been um, in highly independent um, I had read somewhere recently that people who um, operate as if they don't need anybody and people who don't ask for help and people who are just very much like, I can do it myself. I used to take pride in that, but then I also read somewhere where there was research done or there was something done where they came out with like, well, the reason why people are like that and people who are like functioning that way in like a really like heavy way, like just really, truly like, I don't want help from anyone. It's actually based in trauma. When you feel as an adult, like I don't need help from anyone. I'm not going to ask for help from anyone. I don't want help from anyone. That's actually like, while I used to take pride in it. Now I see it as like a damn, like that's actually not how you're supposed to be living your life. Asking for help does not mean you're weak. Asking for help does not mean that you don't have it together. It just means that like you need some help and it's okay to ask for help. And I've operated for, I operated for years, never asking for help, which kind of brought me down a little bit. So that was one thing that I had wanted to say. Um, so I, as, a, as I started with, like, even as a child, I was always very much like, I will do it myself. But again, now in retrospect, when I think back on like my childhood, I think that probably stemmed from me being a middle child, you know, typical middle child syndrome and feeling like I have to do this myself. No one's going to do it for me. And just growing up with that mentality and not that my parents didn't try to do things for me, but I think that again, like I just observed what I observed with like my parents and my older brother and my younger brother and like, you know, them being busy with them and me feeling like, well, I don't want to be a burden, which sounds weird because this is a child, child Jenny thinking to myself, I don't want to be a burden. They already have so much on their plate. Let me just do this myself to help out. And I basically did that for my entire youth. Like, let me just handle things myself. Um, sort of case in point, like homework help. Um, I remember being like, I was, I'm terrible at math. Like just, I just didn't have it in me. I didn't have, my mind didn't, couldn't conceive these notions. Forget about when they threw letters into the mix. I was like, what, what is this? We're just making shit up now. Um, and I have this distinct memory. It's interesting. I have these little memories that are like, boom, like this is why you are the way you are. And I have this distinct memory. My, my dad used to always help my older brother with his homework and they would sit at the table every single night and go through his homework. And I remember one night, I think I was in grammar school 
And I was like, hey, you know, he's always helping my older brother. Let me, let me ask for help. Like, what's the big deal? Let me, just, let me just ask for some help. And so I asked for help. And within like three minutes, the frustration level, um, yeah, you can take it. The, th- the frustration level that he showed me with me not understanding the concept. I was like, you know what? I got it. I'm okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get more help in the morning from the teacher. Don't worry about it. And then he kind of moved over to my brother and continued to focus on my brother. And in that moment, I literally said to myself, I was like, just forget it. I will just figure this out myself. I don't need to be screamed at. I didn't get it. I'm not going to try that again. I'm just going to do it myself. Um, So that sort of, it's so weird, but that moment in my childhood felt pivotal. It feels pivotal now because it was a moment where I was like, boom, guess what? Never asking for help again. And I almost never did. For like 32 years. Um, there was another moment that I wanted to share where um I struggled a lot with um codependency in my in my early, early, early life. Um, and I'm gonna look up the definition of codependency quickly while I'm talking this through, but um codependency. Here we go. Um Codependency in a relationship is when each person involved is mentally, emotionally, physically, and or spiritually reliant on the other. Um, So essentially, your your whole being is tied to somebody else's emotions. So for example, if I was still codependent, everything that I would do, I would basically look to my husband to say like, here, this is for you. And I'd be giving everything into it and then basing how I'm feeling on his reaction. So if he was happy with something I did, then I would be elated. And if he was pissed about something, then it would basically drag me into the gutter. Um, And I remember like, you know, obviously codependency is like not, it's not a healthy thing. Um, And I didn't even know what it really was. Um, I I honestly didn't know where, like what it was. And I remember this moment in my childhood that now when I reflect on it, um, it, it makes me feel like this is the moment where I was taught like to put myself aside and to only focus and kind of like if this was like almost the bridge moment of like me kind of like taking that step over the line to say like, Oh, well, I'm basing myself on other people's emotions or I'm going to sacrifice myself for other people's happiness. And that's no way to live. Like it really isn't. Um, but there was this moment when I was a child where I remember I was really, really upset um, about being teased um, by my older brother. And I, and, and he did, he teased me. He knows it. So this is okay for me to talk about. It. He knows it. He, he, he teased the heck out of me. It just, it was what it was. Um, and I remember being like just sobbing and just being devastated by this. Cause I was like, I don't understand why he's mean to me. And I was like talking to my mom about it. And I was like, just crying. And in her way, she was trying to help. But what she said that I want to share with you is that she said to me, don't, um, I'm trying to remember how exactly how she phrased it, but she basically said to me, um, you don't know what he's going through. So don't be upset because he's going through something and he's being mean to you, but it's for a reason on his side. So it was almost like telling me like, yeah, he's treating you crappy or he's being mean to you, but it's because he's going through something. So just, you know, turn the other cheek was basically like the message. And 
as a child, you're kind of like, you know, your parents are like the gold standard. So I was like, all right, like I got to just gut this out and continue to be nice to him and like love him into or be nice to him and be so nice to him that it will eventually make it better and it'll eventually like stop the teasing. Well, translation of that flash forward is like when you know, you're young and you have this message in your head, like, oh, well, people will treat you like shit, but it's probably because they're going through something. It's okay. Turn the other cheek. Um, That leaves you open to toxic friendships, toxic relationships, people treating you like crap and you just kind of being like, oh, well, what, what they might be going through something. Now there's something to be said for, you know, taking into consideration, like emotional intelligence, taking into consideration that other people have like other things going on but it's never an acceptable excuse to treating someone like crap. Like just never is. There's never a reason for that. There's never a reason for that behavior. But in my child mind, this message came over to me as it's okay for people to treat you like crap. Just turn the other cheek. Just keep doing your own positive thing. It's fine. It's okay. Treat them nicely. Let, you know, be, um, not be a doormat, but this is kind of what it, what the message was. Um, you know, it's okay for them to treat you like crap. Just, turn the other cheek and, you know, Jesus lived like with this message of, you know, um, you know, it's okay for people to beat you down, but just keep going and you'll be rewarded in the afterlife and this and that. And all these messages about like, it's all right for people to be, be nasty to you and don't, you don't need, don't stand up for yourself. Just take it on the chin and keep going. This is horrible. <laughs> this is horrible because it basically set me up for this whole like life cycle of, it's acceptable for people to be nasty to you. It's acceptable for people to treat you like shit and you're supposed to just turn the other cheek. That's not accurate. Like it's not okay. And that's not the message that you you know really should be teaching your kids. Um, and I'm bringing this up and there's two instances, like two things that I've highlighted from my childhood that really impacted me. And I have a third one that I want to share too. But before I do, what I want to stop here with is this all, while it impacted my life, and I've changed from this messaging that I received, um, I make it a point to carefully select the words that I choose for my kids and to carefully select how I'm speaking to them and, and how I'm prepping messaging up to them and how I'm teaching them to communicate with each other. Um, case in point, you know, you think that like <laughs> your, your teachings and, and what you're teaching your kids and how you're raising them. You're like, nothing's getting through. Like I'm trying to talk to them about something and they see a butterfly and everyone's like, Oh my God, a butterfly. And they go running after it. And <laughs> you were like, Oh, they're not listening to me. This is nothing's getting through. Well, the yesterday my kids were having a conflict and <laughs> their twins are six and my son is seven. The kids were having a conflict as usual, it, you know, every day, every 10 minutes. But um, what's starting to happen is they're, I guess, taking in, they, taking that messaging and, and actually putting it to action. And what they'll do is they'll say to each other, like, you know what? I need to talk to you for a minute. And I'll watch them, like, all go outside together. Or the two that are having the conflict will go outside together. Or they'll find a, a quiet space, which is what I've directed them to do in the past. They'll find a quiet, calm space. And then they'll talk to each other in their way and work it out and try to work through it. And it, it's so interesting to see them employing that now. And it's so, I'm, it's such a proud moment for me because I'm like, oh my God, like, thank God this, this is getting through. And thank God, because I want them to grow into adults that 
already have this ingr- so well ingrained in their in their system that when they enter the real world or the world outside of our house, that they'll be prepared. Like that's the goal. That's my husband and I talk about it all the time. We're preparing them to leave this house. Like that's the goal here. Um, so I talked about um, pivot, two pivotal moments. So it's the teasing thing and the codependency messaging. And then I talked about the other moment with just slipping my mind. I'm blaming perimenopause. Um, and then the third piece, the third thing that I wanted to um, also call out here um, is, is thank you. Um, the third thing that I also wanted to address here that just highly impacted my life and like how, um, how I've operated um, is basically my drive to be a professional and the drive to be a breadwinner and the drive to be like, I need to be doing like this podcast and I need to, and well, the podcast is something else. Like this is something special to me, but the drive for my career progression um, was pretty heavy duty. That was like, I mean, from the get go, I was like, I'm all in, I'm ready for this. I'm going to rock this and I'm going to make some big money. And I've always had this sense of, I'm going to make sure I have my own income and I'm going to make sure that no one can hold finances over my head. And I'm going to make sure that I can stand on my own two feet and not have to depend on somebody because I never wanted it to be a situation where I have to say, oh, can I have some money, please? Or can can I use this? Or can I do this? I can't stand that. Like deep down into my core, <laughs> it's just an improbability for me. The pivotal moment for this, I have this distinct memory um, growing up. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, which was wonderful for us. And it kept us out of trouble for sure <laughs> in my youth because she was always there. Um, but what used to bother me, and it's so weird what sticks with kids. So it'll be interesting what my kids say when they get older, but what sticks out to me in my head, I remember in my parents' bedroom, there was this closet, not big closet, probably the same size as this disaster behind me that you can see on video, but not on audio, thank God. Um, but it was a decent sized closet. And I remember it was the one closet in the master bedroom. And it was all suits, all my dad's work clothes, all these nice shoes and suits and pants and shirts and ties and all this stuff. He had tons of stuff because he worked every day. And back then you wore a suit to work. Like it was, you know, very highly professional. Um, for me, I remember seeing that. And then my mom's clothes were this little tiny space about this big in my closet in my room. And then all her other stuff was just like sweatpants and t-shirts. She was a stay-at-home mom. Granted, she really, she didn't have a professional, like, well, stay-at-home mom work is work. Like I'm not discounting that, but she didn't have a professional life. So for her, there was, you know, no sense to her for like, that she felt like, I don't need a lot of clothes. I don't really need anything. I'm just home. Like not a big deal. So there, there was that sense of like almost pride in herself that didn't seem like it was there. But beyond that, the image to me of seeing that my dad had this and that every time we want, we went to my mom and said, Oh, can we go to the movies or can we do this activity? Let's do something. Let's go out. Like it was always like, we don't have money. We have no money. I have no money. I have no money. And I, and that messaging 
when I was growing up, I, I just remember having these moments. And it's so weird to think about because I was a kid and I would process this information and literally say to myself, like, I'm never going to be in that situation. I'm never going to be in that predicament where someone has to give me anything. I am going to make my own mark and I am going to make sure I can stand on my own two feet. I'll be damned if anyone can hang anything over my head and tell me you're here because of me. Hell freaking no. So (laughs) this has been like, these are these like, it's so weird, but it's these three pivotal things that I just distinctly remember and it impacted so much of my life. And I've said it on other episodes that like, you know, the messaging you give your kids is highly important. The way that you choose your words, like instead of telling your daughters not to be so aggressive, tell, you know, tell them, use a different word. Girls should be aggressive. Hell yeah, you should be aggressive. What's wrong with being aggressive as a woman? You can be aggressive as a woman. It doesn't mean you're not a woman. It just means that you're aggressive. Good for friggin' you. And would it be aggressive if a boy was doing it? You know, like that was another piece. That was a huge thing that I like started doing about halfway through my career. I started saying to myself, well, if I was a man, would I have a problem asking for this promotion? Hell no, I wouldn't. If I was a man, I would assume I'm getting this promotion and I would make it up. I would probably get it. Meanwhile, as a woman, I've had to do presentations. I've had to jump through hoops, like, and still didn't get promotions and had to like fight my way up the ladder. Um, so it's just these, these things that like have helped to develop me into the, you know, let's say like 30, 20s and 30s Jenny, and now late 30s, early 40s Jenny, like, oh, my 40th birthday is coming. I'm so excited. Um, But this transition through all these like little pivotal moments and how it has set me up and affected me later on have been like, you know, huge and wildly impactful. And I wanted to share them with everybody because I think that we have these moments, these defining things that we can recognize. We can pinpoint it and say like, you know, I remember this, like, and I, I think that this is why I feel this way. Um, and I think it's important not to dwell on these things, but to recognize them, to say, I'm recognizing this. I recognize that I got this messaging. Well, you don't have to live the rest of your life with that messaging. If you recognize in your life a gap or a problem or something that you're like, God, this feels like shit all the time. Like, why do I, why do I continue to put myself in that position? You were probably taught somewhere along the way to do this certain thing. And once you recognize it, once you can pinpoint it and say like, I think this is a, I think this is a thing here, or I think this is a problem. You can stop doing it. You can change the course of your life. You don't have to, the person that you are right now today, listening to my voice, you don't have to remain this person the rest of your life. You can do whatever you want. You can change yourself into whatever you want. And I think it's just important to say that to everybody. And if you're hearing this, and then maybe this is your first time listening to this podcast, then this message is for you. This message is meant for you. You're listening to this message because it was meant for you to listen to. You don't have to continue to struggle. You don't have to continue to be unhappy. And if you're not, and if you are happy and you're not struggling, then what are you doing that's working? And then say yes to the next thing. You know, there's all these things that we can do to better improve our lives and, and just really flow into the existence of abundance and like really just amplify all the success around you. And it's just a simple shift of the mind. So this wasn't exactly a bio, but it's messaging that I've been wanting to say to all of you listening, our 
current existent listeners who are with us weekly, this is for you. And then for anybody that this message reaches that has never heard our podcast before, you needed to hear this. And that's why this particular episode reached you today. So I hope that in me sharing some of this, um, that you found it helpful. And, you know, I welcome anyone to reach out to us. You can reach out to me and Melissa um, through our website, um, steelroseswomen.com. Um, we do have an Instagram account, Steel Roses Podcast, at Steel Roses Podcast. Um, and everything is linked in the website. So if you go to the website, you can sign up for the pre-launch list for the newsletter. You can sign up for the VIP pre-launch list uh, or wait list rather. You can reach us via email through the website and you can reach us through Instagram via the website. Like the website's basically like your one-stop shop to like get all our contact details and just read some more about us and, and what, you know, what we want to be doing and achieving with this podcast. Um, thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you who have been sticking with us. It's be it's it's been just a wonderful journey with this and I'm really excited to continue doing this with all of you and you know continue hopefully bringing peace and messaging and information to all of you that you find helpful um thank you so much for listening and I hope you all have a wonderful day